0: Wow, it's like old home week, like people are back and it's so good to see you. I'm just like, oh, it's so fun. You may have noticed also that we have coffee again. So we have a little challenge for you to bring your own cup from home as our little part of creation care. Great conversation piece. If you have an awesome dog like I happen to have, you might have awesome kids or grandchildren or something on your cup or a great school that you went to. Bring your cups, take them home and wash them, and that's our little part that we get to do to take care of God's green earth. And if you forget it, no judgment. Grab a cup on your way anyway, and you know you can have it in here the whole service. This Tuesday evening, we have our new member class at 6.30 in the chapel reception room. So if any of you are wondering about becoming a new member or what it might be like to be a part of this faith family, we'd ask that you would join us at 6.30 If you're looking for some fun in the afternoons, um, Steve called it exercise. I'm not really sure it's exercise because it's ping pong. If you were playing with me, it would be exercise because the balls like are everywhere. Four o'clock Tuesdays and Thursdays over in the Palm Center. Finally, uh, Day of Hope is coming as you know, um, July 17th. So we are still in need of adult and children toothbrushes and toothpaste. And I'm sure financial donations as well, I think it's $100 per child, and, you know, we buy them all their back-to-school supplies and gift cards for school uniforms and shoes and all those great things for kids Excuse me, for kids to get started on the right foot as they begin their new year. So, as the band comes out, we are going to stand up and we are going to say hi to each other and be somewhat mindful if people are needing space, but... Let's just do a little greeting time as they um, come out. Let's stand up and say hi.
1: All right, please remain standing. We're going to go ahead and sing some songs. Excuse me, sing out, Jesus is alive Empty cross, the empty grave Like the tunnel, you have won the day Shout out, Jesus is alive He's alive Oh, happy day, happy day my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day. I'll never be the same Restin in that place. Meaning face to face, I'm yours, Jesus. You are mine. It's your perfect peace. The pain that will cease. It Jesus is alive. Washed my city oh Happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same His name oh, 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 oh. Oh, Happy day happy day he washed my That's my dad. The spell the of a love so bold to see a revolution, somehow. a liar And hope to rise make the dawn's high And then this I need a resurrection somehow and Now I'm lost in your freedom In this world I'm God's not dead, he's surely alive He's living on the inside, going like a lion God's not dead, he's surely alive He's living on the inside, going like a lion He's rolling, he's rolling, he's rolling like a lion He's rolling, he's rolling Never go and fire your fall Come shake the ground with the sound of revival And heaven roar, and fire fall Come shake the ground with the sound of revival And heaven roar, and fire fall In the sound of revival Bible. <cooling> My God's not dead, He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, going like a life. My God's not dead, He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, going like a life. My God's not dead, He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, going like a life. My God's not dead, He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, oh like a liar He's rolling, he's rolling, he's rolling like a liar He's rolling, he's rolling, he's rolling like a liar
0: Oh nice. You may be seated. Uh, we are at that time in our worship where we get to um, worship God with our tithes and our offering. And of course, there are those baskets as you come in or as you leave, or you can give online. And we thank you for your generosity. I'd like to invite my mic runners to come up because we are at this point in our service where, oh nice, I got the guys today. Come on up. So um, where we can... Offer up our prayers, our joys and our concerns that we might have. And of course, there are um, cards in the back. If you wanna keep it personal and you wanna write that down, we'll pray for you during the week. And if you would like to introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Alex Vapheus, and I'm going to be a senior at Sarasota Military Academy. Thanks, Alex. I'm Jared Romine, I'm going to be a sophomore at Florida State University. Thanks, guys, glad you're here. So how can we be praying on this day? Right over there, Alex. My name is Lois. My husband is Jeff. His childhood friend is fighting for his life with COVID down in central Illinois, so if you could pray for him and that he would come to know the Lord uh, through God's word as people are speaking it to him and reading it to him. What is his name, Lois?: Dan Jackson. Dan, so um, as we remember those people who we love in our prayers that are fighting COVID or other sorts of illness, that we would remember Dan as well. Thank you for lifting that up. I'd like to ask for prayers for Joanne Walsh, a friend, neighbor, and a church member who just recently got a cancer diagnosis. Oh. and. So she's struggling on a lot of fronts with her husband's illness, so it would be much appreciated. Thank you. So we'll keep Joanne in our prayers as well. Thanks, Sue. Mm. Yeah. I'd like for you to pray for our nephew, Scott, and his wife, Becky. They had a house fire last week and lost two of their children. What? And a fiance of their daughters. So it's really tragic. Just keep them in your prayers that they would know God and that they would find comfort. And it's Scott and... It's in Ohio. What are their names? Scott and Becky. Scott and Becky. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and thanks, Vina. Vina is my next-door neighbor. We literally live next to each other. Both have had tragedies this week. My Mm -hmm. um, nephew's uh, second-oldest son, 10-year-old... was killed in a, in a farming accident mm-hmm. last Monday. And it's just, yeah, hard. So yeah. hard. Um, yeah. It's, so prayer for, for the whole family. It's just been an emotional, heavy week. And as Vina said, you know, this, the ripples to community, and it, and it goes on. It doesn't end after that, no. after the memorial service. This it's grief goes on. Yeah. So yeah. for Silas's family, um, Thanks, Anita. Hmm. Hi, I'm
2: Allison. Um, there's a local family, the Christensen family, and their son found out a couple weeks ago he had a brain tumor, and he's been, he underwent brain surgery and stuff. So pray for his friends and family. It's been a rough like, couple weeks for them.
0: So, it, What is his name, Allison? Um, Bo Christensen. Oh, thank you. Wow, the need is great. Holy cow. Anything else that we could lift up for each other? Well, let's, let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, we don't understand all of the hurt and the loss cancer and COVID and illness and all of the things that continue to kill our bodies. Lord, we pray for your presence, for your spirit to be among all of those named today. That you might bring peace and comfort and healing. And Lord, that you might use us wherever you can, that we too could be A bit of your balm in a world that is suffering so much. We pause Lord for a moment here for silent confession that we could give to you that of which we have done and that which we have not done so that you might take those things and forgive us Lord. Hear our prayer now. All of this and the other things that we carry in our heart have an, and have not said aloud, we give to you into your loving hands. Amen. Friends, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Because of what Jesus did for us, we are forgiven of all of our sin and we're free. We're free each and every day to go love and serve the Lord in all the ways that God has gifted us. Thanks be to God. Amen.
3: Good morning. Nice to see so many people. This is so nice. Yeah, give you guys a round of applause here love it, haven't heard you sing because I got in here late, so you know, all bets are off on that, right, so good stuff. Well, we're on window number two uh, of our little series of summer preaching on the stained glass windows, faceted stained glass windows that we have over in the chapel, our beautifully refurbished chapel that we invite you to go take a look over uh, at, at worship after worship is over. Uh, And so today, the window we're going to look at is called the marriage window which features the story of the wedding at Cana. The window shows Jesus standing amidst some stone jars which in the story he orders to be filled with water after word has come to him that the party has run out of wine. And at the bottom of the window you can see one of the servants there filling one of the jars and soon the jars will turn into jars of wine really 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 good wine behind jesus could either be his mother mary who prompts him to perform the sign and or the wine steward who verifies that the miracle actually was a miracle or the anxious couple the newly married couple who are very concerned about what's happening to their wedding reception after the wine runs out. At the top of the window, you'll see two candles with entwined flames, which is one of the symbols we use for marriage, and in between, and above those uh, candles are, is this, the cross, the symbol of sacrificial love. It's hard to tell it up there above the candles. So with all that, those, those images in mind, let's read the story that comes to us from John chapter two. Now, standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it, and when the steward tasted the water, that it had become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The steward called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests had become drunk. You've kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh. In Jesus the Christ we pray this in his name Amen the legend goes that the great Scottish poet Robert Burns was out plowing his field one day and noticed before he could do anything about it the blade of his plow cutting through the new and not yet inhabited nest of a field mouse reflecting on all the work that poor little mouse had put into making that little nest for her soon-to-be baby mice Burns later sat down and wrote the poem to a mouse that includes the lines that have fallen from most of our lips the best laid schemes of mice and men gang off to glay and leave us naught but grief and pain for promised joy the best laid schemes of mice and men sometimes things just do not go the way you hoped they would go the first century jews knew how to throw a party especially a wedding reception wedding receptions in first century palestine were a real party they put american wedding receptions to shame palestinian wedding receptions lasted seven Seven days. People took vacations to attend wedding receptions. Marriage was a foundational institution of civilization, they believed. It was something that you stopped and you celebrated. And since it took seven days for God to create the world, then we will party seven days with this couple who will be participants, God willing, in God's creation. And so for good Jewish families, if you were going to throw a bash, you better have it all set out. Food, wine, music, and if you ran out of any of these things, it was an insult, not just to your guests, but to God. It suggested that you did not want to take the full seven days of creation to celebrate. So Jesus is at this party, and that's important to recognize that fact. Jesus is at a party. Jesus doesn't mind having a good time. Jesus is not a joy killer. Jesus is a joy lover. Jesus shows up at this party, spends seven days out of his short three-year ministry, to be with this couple, to celebrate. Jesus shows up, because Jesus is showing up all over the place. Jesus shows up in life, in both bad and good places. Jesus shows up at sick beds, shows up at graves, shows up at brothels, shows up at local IRS conventions, shows up at dinner parties, shows up in the wilderness, shows up at sea, shows up in leper colonies. Jesus shows up all over the place. It's called incarnation. It's Jesus showing up in the flesh, and Jesus shows up in the flesh at this particular party. But the party comes to a screeching halt because the wine is run out, and when the wine runs out, the party's over. The band stops playing, people go for their coats, the bride's crying in the corner. I mean, it is not good. And so Jesus' mother approaches him and says, they have no wine. And Jesus says, well, then that's none of our business. Which is kind of a surprise to hear Jesus say that. None of our business. What concern is that to you and me, he says. He's saying the thing we say sometimes when something bad happens to somebody else. Now, Martha, don't go getting involved. It's none of your business. They'll figure it out. Nothing can be done anyway. They have no wine. Mary says. And maybe it's accompanied by one of those, you know, mother looks that tells Jesus that she's not asking him to get involved. She's telling him to get involved. Because that's the other part of the the incarnation, right? It's not just showing up, it's getting a vault. It's getting your hands dirty. It's making a bad thing better. So Jesus orders the six stone jars to be filled with water, and they are, and then comes the miracle. The waters turned to wine. Jesus turns water into wine, and now all of a sudden, the guests hang their coats back up. The band starts playing. The bride stops crying, and folks start having a good time because we got a party again. You've kept, the steward says, you've kept the good wine until now the best laid schemes of mice and men leave us sometimes more than grief and pain sometimes they leave us good wine a good friend of mine died a couple weeks ago don was 20 years my senior and was a mentor of mine he was a great churchman He was a great father, and he and his wife Judy were great models for Amanda and I as we started out our own marriage and family. And the timing of Don's death alongside this story of the wedding at Cana, which I knew I was preaching on, brings to mind the story of when Amanda and I went to visit Don and Judy in their home many, many moons ago. We were enjoying a nice lunch together in their home, and after lunch, we sat around the table, and they began to tell us about their trip to the Holy Land showed us all the pictures and souvenirs they brought home, and then they brought out their most cherished acquisition, a beautiful ceramic wine pitcher, which they had bought in Cana. It was, it was lovely, beautiful, extraordinary. It contained two chambers that allowed you to pour water from one side and wine from the other. It meant a great deal to Don and Judy, as it was a symbol for them of Christ's transforming presence in their marriage. We admired the pitcher. We set it down in the middle of the table, continued to talk, a few minutes later I reached over to get some cream, knocked over the pitcher and it broke. Right there in front of us. Shock covered all of our faces. For a moment this awkward silence of disbelief, something so precious is now in pieces right in front of us. I didn't know what to do. I just apologized. I if I apologized once, I apologized a hundred times. And I think from that point on, every time I saw Don and Judy, I apologized for that picture. I think my telling this story today is just another apology to them. And every apology, every apology was met with the same response. This response of grace, of mercy, response of it doesn't matter, you know, these things happen. And they do, right? These things happen. They happen to mice and men. But the grace was more than that. The broken pitcher pointed to something else, the presence of one who had been present long before with these two when they had come together to two become one. And the one who had long before that had been with two who had come together amidst a very sudden and disappointing turn of events. The presence of one who manages to transform the disappointment into something deeper. Our friendship now, with my clumsiness to laugh about, just got a little deeper. You've kept the good wine until now. You've taken Jesus, what was a floundering party, you've taken a broken wine pitcher, you've taken our mess, and somehow, somehow you've made it into something deeper. You have saved the good wine until now. Even when the best laid schemes of mice and men go awry, especially when the best laid schemes go awry, you show up and you get involved. It doesn't take much to imagine what a different direction that whole Cana story would have taken if Jesus had just stuck with his attitude. None of our business. You can imagine the finger pointing. Who ordered this wine? How much did they order? I told you we needed more wine. I knew if you know if you ordered it, it would be lead to a disaster, a complaining party, a blaming party. Look at this broken picture, look at this irredeemable situation. And Jesus shows up, gets involved. It's the incarnation. It's what Jesus does. It's what Jesus' church does. While everybody's pointing fingers, while everybody's blaming everybody, Jesus and his followers fill up jars of water because who knows what might happen. Maybe they're saving the good wine until now. What's the old line? Jesus can turn water into wine, but he can't turn your whining into anything. The Greeks were onto something when the playwrights told their great tragic stories of flawed human beings getting themselves into irredeemable situations. And then comes the deus ex machina, the rescue of the gods, swooping in from above and bringing redemption and resolution, filling up the jars to see what happens. Maybe that's what Charles Stoddard wrote about after he visited the legendary Molokai leper colony in the Molokai Peninsula of Hawaii. Historic suspicions about leprosy and its contagion led 20 plus centuries of human civilization, long before the days of Jesus, to treat lepers worse than animals and to banish them to remote places like Molokai, to fend for themselves and to die on their own. A young Catholic priest, Father Damien, sensed the call to go and get involved in the Molokai community to minister to the least of these. He literally lowers himself into the valley of the lepers to bring relief to the forgotten. He remained there for the rest of his days. When Stoddard visited the colony to see who this man was, he approached the makeshift chapel, and out he came, Father Damien, and he writes, his priest's cassock was worn and faded, his hair tumbled like a schoolboy's, his hands stained and hardened by toil, but the glow of health was in his face, the buoyancy of youth in his manner, while his ringing laugh, his ready sympathy, and his aspiring magnetism told of one who in any sphere might do a noble work. And later, Jack London, the author of Call the Wilds, showed up at Molokai, and after spending some time with the lepers and their leader, he wrote, if it were given to me to choose between being compelled to live in Molokai for the rest of my life or in the east end of London or the east side of New York, I would select Molokai without debate. It sounds like a kingdom's party. Fill up the empty jars, Jesus says let's see if we can make some good wine out of this years ago I was away on sabbatical leave in Ireland and I was at dinner one night with and found myself sitting across from a middle-aged woman and asked her what she did, and she told me that she was an Episcopal priest. Now, when pastors get talking to each other, they often kind of like swap statistics, you know, like where's your church, you know, and uh, what's your location, what's your budget, what's your staff, what's your facility, blah, blah, blah. Well, such was my inquiry of this pastor. So where's your church? She said, Boston. Okay, well, we're in Boston. She says, well, kind of everywhere in Boston. I said, oh, well, like how many members do you have? Really don't know. It varies. Well, what's your church look like? Well, it doesn't look like anything because we don't have a building. Well, okay, where's this going? So finally I asked a little bit more and found out her story. Her name was Deborah Little. She was an ordained Episcopal priest and one day she felt the calling to leave the confines of her church building and walk the streets of downtown Boston and minister to homeless people. On the first night she packed her backpack with socks and string and first aid kit, and shelter lists and a prayer book and healing oil and AA meeting schedules and chapstick and a bunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. She took to the street sat on the park benches and hung out in subway stations. She developed friendships with hosts of characters until the time when she decided to have worship in the Boston Commons. The homeless friends that she had made suggested a particular corner of the Commons and she rigged up an altar using an old cart with a piece of plywood on the top. They used the 23rd Psalm as their corporate prayer, recited the serenity prayer as their confession read a gospel lesson shared a few sentences of homily and then together they received communion and afterward more peanut butter and jelly sandwiches it was her first church service 16 attended more came the next sunday they called themselves common cathedral every sunday around 200 would come and taste the word and the wine for some that grape juice was the best wine they'd ever had. The world is a broken place, isn't it? Wine runs out, pitchers fall and break, disease eats away, people lose their homes, coronavirus spreads, best laid plans go awry, and grief and pain spread all around. And there's enough fingers of blame as well. They have no wine. They have no homes. They have no health. They have no hope. They have no clothes. They have no food. They have no way to fix their mess. And what is that to you and me? Fill up the jars with water, Jesus says. Show up. Get involved strike up the band hand out the p b and j open up the hymnals pour the coffee because maybe just maybe the best is yet to be let us pray we thank you O god that you are in the midst of our mess that you are in the midst of all those things that are broken And somehow, some way, you find a way to bring about new wine. We thank you. And we pray that we may always be aware of your presence, that we may always count on you for your transformation, and that we may always know of your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: to you only oh, To you, only oh, lead me, lead me to the cross, to your heart, mm, to your. To your heart